We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too bad. No, 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 no. <laughs> the Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of GSPN and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am Ty Windish, one of your hosts, joined as always by the looks even better in person, Rohan Cotty. Rohan, after our fantastic GSPN weekend, how's it going, sir? Good, as Jordan's calling it GSPN Spring Break, hashtag yeah. GSPN Spring Break, which I think is very Love fun. Jordan trying to make a hashtag. Follow Jordan on Instagram. I think it's at Jordan Chesky. I'm not sure. I think so, but he's also doing it on Twitter, I think. Oh, is he? I, I saw yeah. it on IG first. So follow Jordan everywhere. Oh, yeah. Always That's Jordan, Jordan Tresky on Twitter for sure. Yeah. Um, it's been it's been a good time. We, we've we taken into a Brewers game in Chicago. We went to Buck Sixers. We have some yeah. more stuff happening. It, it's been a good time having uh, uh, Adam and Andrew here in Milwaukee and just uh, the Midwest in general together. It's just been a great time. Um, but yeah, we watched all of us watch Buck Sixers yesterday. Last night, we're recording this on Monday morning. It was an incredible game after the Bucks got absolutely punched in the mouth by the Boston Celtics. Yeah, I don't know. If punched is the is even like I think applicable. it was like uh, like in Dragon Ball Z when someone gets hit and they fly through like eighty rocks. That's what happened to the Bucks against the Celtics. Yeah, but it it was uh, it was an, a very very good response, and the Bucks look to be back on track as we will get into. But before we get into that time yeah what's happening on tuesday um i'm going to vote yes go vote yes, on tuesday you are. that's unless you've already thing. unless you've early voted. unless you've early voted if you get you, you don't get extra credit but it's good to vote either way it's it's good um bucks watch party bucks and brewers watch party with gspn at pilot project uh starting i think 6 p.m bucks start early because they are in in washington washington my favorite washington don't let me down it looks like they're already not playing any of their primary players by the way i think they they kind of realize what's going on there in washington but yeah pilot project 6 p.m bucks start 6 20 i think the brewers take on the mets so we'll have two games on 
We'll be checking out another big game, Celtic Sixers, which we'll get into standings watch updated later in the pod, but that's going to be big as well. Also, election results. So, you know, uh, well, a lot going on that night. Uh, I don't think we'll do a watch party specifically for that, but hoping good news on all fronts uh, with four different things to track. It's going to be a great time. Come hang out with GSPN and other great listeners. Really looking forward to that. After, oh, shout out Dylan, right? Yeah, Dylan, shout out we Dylan. met at the game yeah. last night. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to hear about Big Time Ty ever again because Dylan, we're all walking together, points out Big Time Jordan Tresky first and then Adam. I was actually the last, I think, to be recognized by Dylan, but great, great fan, great interaction. So shout out to him. Uh, Dylan, I hope you're coming to the to pilot for this watch party. But Rohan, should we talk about the game? Let's talk about this I can't this wait game anymore. Time. I know we have so many great things to promote. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm disappearing in a wash of sunlight for some reason. I'm still here. I'm not getting smoked out, although it looks like that. It's pretty crazy. Um, it's, like that, it's like that one episode where I just progressively got dark. <laughs> yeah, except the opposite. I clearly need to get better shades in here, I think is what I'm learning. But I, I, the pod goes on. Dude, the Bucks routed the Sixers. That game was awesome. Here's my first take on it, and I'm starting with this because I didn't put it in my notes. I don't want to forget. I actually think it's better that Philly mounted a comeback in the third quarter and trimmed the lead to single digits, and then the Bucks blew it up again because the start of the game was just so good, you knew it wasn't going to last. I mean, the Bucks made, I think, all but one shot in the whole first quarter, they were just they electric. shot like a basically 70%. They had like a 77% okay, shooting. They started uh, like 10 for 11 or something. Like literally everything. I think the one miss got offensive rebounded in. It was ridiculous, but clearly it wasn't going to last. So, you know, it, it was great. That was certainly the start we needed to see after Thursday against Boston. But the fact that that goes away, Philly gets back into it, and the Bucks are just like, no, no, we're not done. Like, that's the kind of ebb and flow you need to get through to win playoff games. So I felt like we talked about before this game, you know, just in Discord and just in our conversations, the Bucks need for the one seed for standings and for vibes to prove it because they hadn't had that many wins against great teams. This was everything that, that I was looking for from just proving, oh yeah, don't worry, we got it. And I'd been saying... You know, we've seen this core win a title. Like, there's no reason to think that they can't beat good teams. But you do just like to see it. This was ugh, just a outside of a Grayson Allen's injury, which we'll talk about later in the show. Really, I think almost a perfect night for Milwaukee beating down a projected MVP. Really, I mean, Embiid didn't really look like an MVP defensively. We'll get into that too. But what were your thoughts on how this game flowed, Rohan? I, I really agree with your take that it was nice to see the Bucks come back because, like you mentioned, they shot the lights out in the first quarter, 16 of 23, 69.6% from nice. the field, including five of six from three in the first quarter. Yeah. It felt like the Bucks had as many points at halftime uh, for this game, uh, from the Celtics game that they did in the first quarter, and it's true. Yeah. Uh, they had 41 points in the first quarter, which is like, oh, yeah, that was around the halftime score for the Celtics game. That's crazy. Uh, it was uh, it was very, very good to see. It was great to see this team respond because obviously they had their comments after the game uh, about like, just like, yeah, we didn't play as best as we thought. And it's like, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, 
Thanks. You lost. You lost by forty-one points. Yeah, we we um, know. And it's good to see that they actually took it to heart and they came out here and they wanted to send a message. And they always play well against Philly, but this is the this is the like the the biggest blowout I can remember in recent Buck Sixers history. It feels it feels like it's usually close. Yeah, and it was nice too that it was a true. I mean, Philly wasn't on a rest advantage, disadvantage either, right? I don't think no, they don't played so. the night before. Um, so it was a true matchup. The only player out, um, it was the two ways and then Jaden Springer, who was on G League assignment for Philly. So they had their whole team. I mean, if, you're only, if your only statuses are two-way guys and G League assignments, that's literally your whole team. Like, you could choose to have that, that player if you wanted. The Bucks were without Myers Leonard, which... Some people think that would matter in this. Like some people think Leonard would potentially log minutes on Embiid. I don't. I, I think it'll be honest or Bobby if it's not Brooke. Um, but he was out. And then, of course, Grayson leaves the game. This unfortunate injury, I do think getting more Javon in there was good. And I think Javon is going to be an important matchup in this series for one specific player. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I think the Bucks just – they it was clear they knew they needed it right like they knew this was the last chance to beat a contender they knew they needed a bounce back after thursday and philly just like couldn't really do anything about it i mean it was kind of crazy to watch this team that is you know supposed to be a contender harden's probably going to make all nba they had nothing outside of Embiid and maxi and not even together like their team felt so disjointed. Like either Maxi was doing his thing, and he was tremendous. And I think I think Carter should have played more. Let me. What did Javon actually log for minutes in this game? 20, 21. I, I think that should have been higher. I think not totally matched, but I think he should play a lot of Maxi's minutes because everybody else on the team outside of pretty much Drew was struggling to guard him. And you know Maxi ran all over, had a lot of step backs, had a lot of tough shots, but got to the rim too. And then Embiid is, like, just a sniper. I mean, he's automatic. If Brooke is – sometimes he was too far away. Sometimes he wasn't. It just didn't matter. And uh, Embiid is just hitting all these jumpers. That's all they had, though. Like, there was no other offense for Philly at all. James Harden didn't want to shoot. We were talking about this at the game. Like, like twice in a row, basically, on offense. He would get separation on a screen and then just pass to P.J. Tucker – and PJ is trying to dribble and get around Giannis. It's like, this is not good for you, Philly. Like, this is bad. That's not sustainable at all. Um, very weird. I don't know what's going on with Harden in this injury or if he's just, now that it's April, it's a playoff month. It's This is just what happens. I'm not sure. But, trying to go back to Houston. Yeah, he's ready. He's thinking about it. He's thinking about H-Town. His jersey up in the Raptors. What did you say? Either him or Freddie. Van Vliet. Oh, yeah. Nick Nurse. I was like, I was, I, I, we watched Brewers today, and I was like, or yesterday, I was like, Freddie Peralta? Why is yeah, Freddie, Freddie Peralta, Peralta going to the Astros? Yeah, he's going to the Astros. He's going to the Rockets. I'd rather him go to the Rockets than the Astros. What um, if you get El Tuve in return? I mean, yeah, I would do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. But yeah, what are your thoughts on uh, what I like? Uh, Philly just it, kind of it, being yeah, out of sync. It, it, it was really interesting to see because it's like they went to their bread and butter right as right as the game started. You're just spamming and bead hard and pick and rolls yeah. like just the entire game. And it's like, oh, this isn't like a death lineup thing. This isn't like a like a okay, we need some we need some points here. This is just your entire offense. And I guess that makes sense when you have two guys who are just like 
supposed to be superstars, and uh, Embiid definitely is one. Harden, not so much at this stage in his career. Um, it was just, it it was a little bit jarring to see, um, but it was a Doc Rivers coach team. We have to remember that as uh, as Doc Rivers' jersey was hanging in the rafters at uh, Fiserv Forum. Uh, it was, we should uh, we should hang his Sixers coach jersey too, based on what we saw. Uh, Jordan made that. a great he, he made a great joke about how number thirty one is up there for all the three one leads he's uh, <laughs> oh, uh, man, <laughs> all the three one leads he's uh, blown in his coaching career. But it was just a little weird to see. Like this is why I've never really been worried about Philly in terms of uh, their them against the Bucks in the postseason. The only thing that scares me is a bit is Joel Embiid, but as a team, the Sixers. They just don't really have it. The entire reason they're where they are right now is because of Joel Embiid. And outside of him, it's not scary at all. Like, at least Boston, it's like you have Jason Tatum, you have Jalen Brown. Yeah. You have those two guys, and you also have a great team around them. With the uh, with the Sixers, they, they got nothing. Like, what are you getting out of Tobias Harris in this matchup? You're getting six points from a guy who's making more money than Chris Middleton? Yeah. They they just feel like they never figured out how to – he's clearly better than that. I feel like they just have no idea how to use him. Plus, this is a problem with Embiid and Harden being so heavy – well, usually so heavy usage. Do you know how many times Harden shot in this game? Uh, Yeah, I do, unfortunately. Nine. And, and that's not like sometimes, okay, yeah, oh, because he had a bunch of free throws. No, he had two for two on free throws. Like, he just didn't shoot at all. I mean, nine shots for James Harden. DeAnthony Melton shot five. Jalen McDaniels shot four. They made a combined one. Um, like Tobias Harris. Daniel House six. is getting up seven shots in nine minutes. He played, he he hit two threes after I joked to Adam and, and Numak who I was sitting next to. Ooh, sitting next to Numak at a sporting event. Oh God. I mean that dude, that loud. dude. He's a he's a character. Loudest for t-shirts. There's he's 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 huge. He's got Gumby body. The t-shirt's not going to fit him. I don't know what he's going to do with it, but it does have a hilarious... Did you see what the slogan is on this shirt? Yeah, I did. <laughs> tastier than a slam dunk. I said, you got to start posting that on all your food pics now. This was tastier than a... Uh, something all basketball fans say when they have a good meal. Tastier than a slam dunk. Um, but yeah, PJ Tucker, two for five. Like PJ shoots one less time than Tobias and four less times than Harden. It's just clearly not sustainable. Embiid was bad from three, but Maxi was six for seven from three. Terry's Maxi had half of the Sixers makes from three. Like this core is just weird. And I remember saying this when they got PJ. Like, yeah, he's a good wing defender. Can you really have a guy who doesn't shoot at all next to Embiid, especially when you have Tobias who sometimes doesn't shoot at all, and Harden who apparently sometimes also doesn't shoot at all. Like when it's it's when you're it's it's when you're not like a defensive powerhouse as well. Like the reason PJ Tucker works and why yeah. he was able to win a title in Milwaukee and be so effective when he was with the Rockets and uh, like the Suns and Raptors dating back. Damn, like PJ has been around for a while. Uh, but the reason he works is if you are a defensive minded team. Like the Bucks won their title. By just absolutely bullying, being physical, just uh, – I, I forgot to mention Miami was like that as well, where you're just trying to bully guys and just, like, win your games on defense. That is not the case for Philadelphia. Well, Joel Embiid can be a great defender. He was not in this game like you mentioned. 
this is not a defensive-minded team at all. Like Kyrie's Maxi and James Harden. So they're they're, they're they're good. They're eighth in defensive rating. So they're good, but not elite. Yeah, and a lot of that just boils down to rim protection. Yeah, which in this game was bad. Yeah, uh, Embiid no steals, no blocks, and I felt like the Bucks like Drew was finishing at the rim with Embiid around often, and a lot of them I was like, oh, like that's I, I don't know about this one, Drew, but it just like didn't really seem like a problem, especially the Sixers played zone, and the Bucks were beating it over and over by driving and cutting. Like I thought. Something that was terrible against Boston, and it was bad when the Sixers made their run in the third quarter. The ball and people movement from Milwaukee was largely good tonight outside of Philly's comeback when I think the Bucs got a little stiff. Giannis has foul trouble. He had four at the time. Plays into this. The Bucs got Embiid into foul trouble as well with four, and I think the lead really ballooned when Embiid was sitting to start the fourth quarter. Um, and again, outside of Maxi, there was just no one else doing anything. Uh, where do you want to go, Rohan? What's on your mind next from this game? Just the the versatility that in like difference in versatility that we see when we yeah. look at the Bucks compared to the Sixers is very, very jarring. And even though I've said in the past that I think Philly is in that tier with Boston and Milwaukee in terms of being able to win the East, I'm a little less confident in that because of just seeing how like and this is this isn't abnormal for the Sixers team is just you're you're relying on Embiid and Maxi and sometimes Harden to just go off to win you games and the thing is they have been so they've been winning games but you can't rely on that really when you're coming when it comes to when it comes to playoff time when it comes to crunch time it just doesn't really work that well and we saw that at full effect in Milwaukee yeah, uh, let's talk about Giannis. Let's not take too long because he did look like an MVP. He got MVP chance. He doesn't like it at the free throw. He missed the free throw. But the MVP chance were well-deserved. 33 points, 14 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 steal, and 3 blocks. Again, against an MVP. Sub-32 sub minutes also. Sub-32 minutes. Against an MVP known as a two-way force and a rim protector, Giannis was 13 for 16 from 2. Missed three total shots in the line all night. Dominated the 76ers. Absolutely dominated. Was hitting the mid-rangers. Was getting to the rim. Had some ferocious dunks. Was that Jaden McDan- Jalen McDaniels who he postered? Yep. Remember, when, this, everyone on the Sixers bench except Niang at some point, people were like, oh my God, the Sixers, the Sixers got Daniel House. The Sixers got D'Anthony Melton. The Sixers got, got Jalen McDaniels. The Sixers got, like, no one ever does it with the Bucs. The Bucs get Jay Crowder. He's probably washed. The Bucs get Joe Ingles. Even you say, oh, that's a terrible move. The Sixers get anyone, literally any player. Oh, my, Daniel House. They got Daniel House. On the vet minimum, he barely plays. He had a good game, but he barely, it's just ridiculous. B-ball Paul? It's, what a oh steal. My, they've unlocked B-ball Paul. It's over. It league done. Like, okay, whatever. Um, just ridiculous thing. But. Giannis, oh my God, plus 21, game high, 33 points for Giannis in, yeah, 31 minutes. He's not going to do more points than minutes, but it's going to be, it could be close. Just like was much better than Embiid on both ends. And I think both individually and as part of a team. I mean, I think Giannis was really playing team ball. I mean, Embiid has five assists as well, but their, their offense was just so stagnant. And I think Giannis did a good job of both dominating and also getting teammates involved, working the ball more. He wasn't totally ball dominant. 
And I thought that was big in the win as well. But he certainly looked like the most valuable player in this game. That is for sure. Is without without question, he was the MVP of that game, and he's probably the MVP of the league. He's just not going to win the award, like as we talked Kevin about last episode. Voting for, not Kevin, sorry, uh, Kevin O'Connor's voting for him. Yeah, uh, I think we got Windy in the straw poll as well. Okay, we're moving on up. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think Windy had Jokic third. I I feel like Jokic has a better case than Embiid, to be honest. I think so too. I mean, two of these guys have their teams at the top of the conference. Two of them, prob- only one of them probably is going to have a second All-NBA player, and it's Philly, as wrong as that is. I'll take Drew, personally, but I'll take Brooke, personally, but... Brooke's not going to make I'll it. take Javon, personally, but... I'll take Thanasis. Also, uh, Thanasis, yeah, be- Thanasis being suspended for this game cannot Totally be robbed us of a fun moment late in the game, oh, for my sure. I think, I think part of the reason they came out at Stomp is before Thanasis. I, I could see that, yeah. Gotta do it. He stuck he stuck up for them. He has, they have to stick up for him. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the also, we didn't talk about the suspension. Uh one of the funniest tweets I saw, I wish I remembered who who said it, is like uh is like everyone wants to clown Thanasis for being in the game while Blake Griffin is also in the game at the same yeah. time as Thanasis to the yeah. <laughs> It's just like Yeah. <laughs> That's where we're at now. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh Man, I hope that comedy career is going to take off soon. Because <laughs> uh, the, the, the basketball side, I think, is done. But, just yeah, random. just yeah, Giannis was Giannis was incredible in this game. And I like the way that you put it. He didn't seem entirely ball dominant, which is one thing that we saw as a problem the last time these two teams faced off, is you see the Bucks blow a big lead because Giannis wants to go out there and play hero ball for the entirety of the second half. That did not happen this time. Giannis played within the team. He was he was getting his own. He was doing his own thing, but he was more he was more divisive. I felt like he was more calculated, and he was letting other guys set him up as well. And it just like you see guys like Chris Middleton having nine assists. Chris had a great game as a ball handler and as as an assist man a lot of times to Brooke Lopez. But we'll get into that. Uh, you have guys like Javon Carter getting six assists. You have everyone else getting involved. And Giannis being a finisher for a lot of plays while also being able to initiate and create for others and himself, it is a perfect combination for this team going forward and why I think this team is primed for a massive, massive playoff run. Yeah. I mean, I think it was really a game that, as well as Giannis dominating and looking, oh my, the the dunk that when Drew fed him the ball, the dunk there, the dunk on McDaniels, like he had some all-time moments, some beautiful finishes That Drew steal. By the way, oh, was absolutely was, incredible. Uh, he because he's just like, yeah, James Harden's gonna be lazy through a behind the back pass to Embiid. Yeah, let me just go take this. He just like grabbed it out of his hands. Harden's just like, oh, that sucks. Like he's just like, oh, and then I, I'm he, not really gonna run. There was but. a there was a fun camera angle that the Bucks got uh, from one of their sideline nice cameras. Yeah, uh, where it's just like after uh, Drew steals the ball, you just see Embiid just look so exasperated. <laughs> like he's like, maybe this guy should go to Houston. <laughs> I was laughing at Harden at one point. I think it was Giannis. It was like going to drive on him, and Embiid wasn't back in the paint yet. And Harden just like sticks out his shoulder in Giannis' chest. It's like we're not doing this without Joel back there. Like. No, no, no. I, I just don't feel like playing any defense right now. Renowned post defender, James Harden, by the way. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, yeah, let's talk about the big guys offensively, though. Brooke was 9 for 13 from the field. Bobby, 8 of 11 from the field. They shot a combined 3 for 5 from deep. So the big fellas were lighting it up from all over the place. Really great games for both of them offensively. I thought Brooke's defense on Embiid was good but not great. And by that, I mean the best part was they didn't let him get to the line, which that's the that's what you have to do against Philly. The Sixers shoot a combined 13 free throws, uh, Embiid 5, Maxi 5, Harden 2, Shake Milton 0 for 1. I don't remember what that was. Um, I think it might have been an and one late in the game. But it was a good effort of not not letting them get to the line, which that's where that's where Philly's the most dangerous, to be quite honest with you, is at the free throw line. But I Prime thought, James Harden highlights him at the free throw yeah, line. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I thought Brooke probably gave Embiid too much space too often. And I know it's difficult with you don't want him to get around you, you don't want him to get to the foul line. But they, like, especially in the first half, I think, way too many open jumpers. And they were really shading toward Harden and other guys. But I just thought it was probably overhelping, given at that point in the game, nobody except Embiid was really hurting Milwaukee. And if he has an open mid-ranger, he's just going to make it. Like, he's just become so elite at those face-up jumpers. So I thought Brooks' game defensively was good, but not great. But offensively, he definitely made up for it and more. Same with Bobby. I mean, those two were just knocking down shots, beating the zone, beating. Yeah, their, Bobby. Their Bobby defense. specifically was just an abs- He was a zone buster. Yeah, like, he, was. he was just like finding open space, hitting little runners, floaters, push shots, and just absolutely decimating the zone. Getting back to Brook Lopez, though, I will say 
I thought Brooke played Embiid as well as you really can. Like, if you want him to close out more on the on the jumpers, Embiid's just going to get past him. He's quicker than him. Like, and then you're going to get into foul trouble. Well, I just thought he helped off too far generally anyway. But that's I fair. Get it. That's fair. But it's like I'd rather I'd rather see Brooke drop and protect the rim more and not foul than like I will concede open jumpers to Joel Embiid. That's fine. Like I know he's making them at a clip this year, but you see when it's just jumpers, yeah, like you no. see in this game, it's the, he's the, not as effective. Twenty nineteen like, Raptors the, Kawhi theory: let him shoot, don't let other guys get going. I, I know. It's it's because I mean we saw it in full effect. He's making all the mid rangers you can really ask for, and yeah, he, like. It's not it's not enough. And you're not letting him get other guys involved as well, even though he's not the best passer, he's still capable of creating. And you just see, like, if if he's just getting a steady diet of mid-rangers, it's not the best for the team. So I'm fine with the way Brooke played him. What about threes? He shot seven, but he only made one. That's not, that's par for the course. I thought he's a pretty good shooter this year, no? Hey, it might be, but just in general, I'm going to let Joel take as many threes as he You want. sound like people talking about playing Giannis now. And that's, it's that's that, a good shot. Again, They're actually 33% this year down from 37 in the last two years. It's it's fine. It's like, if you can do it in the playoffs, if you can do it in the playoffs, I'll, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, but we haven't really seen that. Yeah. Well, I think the other, the nice thing here is there's almost always, if not always, going to be somebody in the game that like if you, I think you can have Brooke leave the paint a little bit more in this matchup because you have Giannis backline and like they're not afraid of PJ at all. They let PJ shoot. He was one for three from deep. He was one for two from the field. He had a wide open. Giannis helped off too much. I think it was on Embiid too. And I, I never like when they double someone that Brooke is guarding. I just don't think it ever helps that much. Like Brooke is going to do a good enough job contesting anyway. That unless the double's perfect, you're making the defense worse by giving up somebody open. And that that possession, that is what happened. But, like, if P.J. is at, at the three, I mean, they're going to let him shoot. And most of the time, it's justified. And he just stopped taking them. He made his one shot. He talked so much trash to the Bucks bench. It was the last shot he made in the game. And it was in, like, the second quarter. And it's, like, not even trying to be disrespectful to P.J., but I'm familiar with your game, sir. I, he literally he made his three. of what you did. He made his three, and I literally said out loud, okay, there's his one three. He's not going to make another three. Look at the box score. And again, I'm not – this isn't a narrative. I watched the guy play half a season, a whole playoff run. I know how this goes. If he makes two threes, it's an outlier game. That's a problem when you're built around a post-up big man. And I know Embiid faces up now, but just a problem. So I, I just think there's a lot of ways to they, they can guard this team. But yeah, I think I'm not certainly not trying to say Brooke didn't do a good job. I mean, anytime you keep Embiid to 11 for 25 shooting, including 10 of 18 from two and only five free throws, that's going to be a win. And 28 points for Joel Embiid, you can live with that every time, especially when it's 28 points on 25 shot attempts. Clearly not that good of an offensive output, especially when Milwaukee was scoring the way they were scoring on the other end. Yeah, and just for further clarification, Joel Embiid's career playoff three-point shooting percentage, uh, 27.6, 30.8, 25, 39, 21.2. Ooh. So, is that like 10 LA total year. games? I feel like he doesn't play that many playoff games. Uh, I mean, <laughs> 8, 11, 4, 11, 10. 11 twice? Okay, so, he's, you know, he's logging him in. He's uh, been to the second round. Wow. Wow, it's crazy. 
I know, it's crazy. Can, Philly should try getting to the conference finals because it's why, like maybe do, do that f- once and maybe do that once. Why do their fans say, talk about like Joker being not playoff proven, by the way? Yeah, Jokic has been to the conference yeah. finals. Uh, he's played good in a lot of rounds, too. Um, I, You know, that's the funny thing. This whole thing, I, I've seen all the narratives on every side. And maybe it's just because the advanced stats and all that stuff. I think it's just been quieted. I think I think everyone's kind of just getting sick of it. I, I will say I find the Joker arguments more compelling than the Embiid arguments this season. I do, for sure. I think Jokic has a way better case than Embiid. I agree. Um, you know, winning is good. It may be... Playoffs, regular season. I don't know. Maybe just try to do that more. Uh, what else stood out to you from this game, Rohan? Bucks are good, Ty. Bucks are good. But also, the rotation. Yes, the playoff rotation. Uh, real quick. Actually, no, we can talk about it with the rotation. Let's just get into it. Were you surprised we saw a nine-man and not a ten-man rotation in this game? Even with Grayson going down in, the, what was that, like the third quarter, I think? Yeah, I think so. Um, even after that, I mean, we didn't see our 10th man check in until less than two minutes to go when a weird garbage time quartet of Goran Dragic, Wesley Matthews, Pat Connaughton, and Marjan Bochamp got in the game. But before that, Drew, Grayson, Chris, Giannis, Brooke, the regular starters, and I'm really interested to see who starts against Washington. Um, or is it Chicago first? No, Washington first. No, Washington. Right? Washington, Washington first. Um, and then Ingles, I think, was first off the bench, but Bobby ends up playing a lot more minutes. And then Jay Crowder and Javon. And, of course, Bobby, who I mentioned. So nine instead of last time we saw ten was with West logging more minutes as well. Obviously less premier wing guys that you need West for. But were you surprised that we only saw nine after we've talked about, I don't know, how, you're not going to play ten because this team is so deep. It was a little surprising just to see. It, it was mostly Pat Connison, uh, who was just excised from the rotation these past two games. Yep. Um, and it's it's only surprising because of his history, but not yeah. if you take his play into consideration. Because we've been talking ad nauseum now about how we've only been giving Pat Connison the benefit of the doubt because of his legacy as a Milwaukee Buck, which is crazy. That's a crazy sentence to say. Uh, but just his play this season just been baffling ever since he came back from that. What was it? A calf injury, hamstring injury, something. I think, I think everything's been a calf. It's, it's contagious. Yeah. Just left calf soreness for days. Yeah. Uh, but it's just been, it's been jarring to see. He's just missing shots. He's done doing uncharacteristic path things. Uh, he, he's, he's doing good things. He's partnering with banks. Uh, that's that's fun. Okay, I, I, I saw this. I saw this like thing. It's like great hanging out with this bank, and I was like, "Oh, is it a food bank? No, it's a bank." <laughs> <laughs> is it a food bank? No, Rohan. No, that's not to say Pat Connaughton has done a lot of charitable work yeah, in the city yeah. of Milwaukee, and that's not that's not to take away from that. He's done a lot of good stuff. Food banks <laughs> don't help you build condominiums, Rohan. <laughs> But it was just so funny. Just it's like, oh, this is just a bank. <laughs> like God, I, I don't even remember what bank it is, and no free ads. Yeah, no free ads. Don't tell. Uh, me. It, it's just it, it's been a little it's been a little off, and yeah. I think Bud's noticed that. Yeah, I mean, obviously Bud's noticed that, but it's just it, he's he's taking it into consideration enough, and we've talked about 
the Bucks just have a lot of other wing options now. Yeah. Where you can get away with not playing future rafters guy potentially yeah. Pat Connaughton. Yeah. Um the ambiguous number 24 is not in your background anymore. No. Well, you know, Kung Fu Kenny, I just my ring light reflects on it. See, I gotta figure something out there. Uh, I've got actually I've got another piece of wall decor, OTW. I'm hoping I can debut in the playoffs. So we'll we'll see about Ooh. that. But uh it's been tough for Pat. I you know, I I think he's going to get a shot, especially with Grayson out now. You would think he would be the one who'd slide in there. Um, he could be one of the nine here. I don't know how long Grayson will be out. I mean, I, I would expect we may not see him until playoffs at this point, which is going to be tough for Grayson, I think. Could have two years in a row now where he potentially loses his starting job and doesn't get it back because of an injury, which does suck for Grayson. Here's a take, though. I think they go to... Crowder starting, and I think I we're going to stay yeah. there. Yeah. And I think we're going to stay we, there. I was going to say, I don't know if Pat's getting that nod. I think it's Jay Crowder. I, it would be kind of weird if he went from not playing Sorry, at all man. to starting. Boss man. Ingles has been getting in the game first, but I feel like it just – I just like him better as like a like a like an option to swap in when one or two of our primaries go out, and like the big three, right? Like I just think that's Ingles' best role. There's just diminishing returns with – four ball handlers and making your defense worse. And Ingles, I think, has held up, I'd say, better than we expected on that end overall. I think he's – what? Well, I mean, you if you expected the worst, he hasn't been the worst defender in the league. Yeah, but he also hasn't been great. No, but I'm not saying that. I'm saying better than I expected. I know, but I, I saw a lot of takes about him being a good defender. Well, uh, that's I'm not saying that. I'm not saying okay. – I don't think he's good. I, I said before that this game, Sixers – I'm going to be watching Chris and Jay a lot defensively. And somebody said, uh, you should probably watch Ingles too. And I was like, I don't need to. I know I know he's not moving laterally. He's strong and he had like he had a nice poke out. Like if you go right at him, he holds up pretty well. If you go around him, it's kind of like the the French trench defense in World War II. Like if they had gone at those trenches, they would have been ready, but they didn't and they weren't. Like it's the same it's the same principle. Um, let's not talk about what that means, this analogy, for how I look at teams playing against the Bucs. Let's just leave that alone. Keep moving. Yeah, um, but after after the Boston game, I'm just like, yeah, Joe Ingles can never start for this team. I don't think so. I I, I think that's fine. Like, I think let him be the, the offensive spark from the bench. He does a, usually a pretty good job. I thought he probably could have handled the ball more in this game. So that's what I'm a little leery about is in the playoffs. I because I this was like they played it like the playoffs. Like Drew, Chris, it's like especially when Chris is out there, I, I think they could let Joe handle the ball more, get Chris moving off ball a little more. Cause Joe in the corner all the time, it's like, yeah, he's a good shooter, but that's probably not worth it for the defensive impact. Like let him be on the ball if he's gonna be out there, at least sometimes. They didn't use the Joe uh, Brooke pick and roll at all. I kind of wonder, is that like, do we just don't want Embiid in the actions as much? But I don't know if Embiid was in the game. Anyway, um, but I, I think Crowder makes so much sense. We haven't seen that group much. And I think this could be the perfect time to give us what's really basically just a souped up version of the West at, at starting lineup from last year, right? Like that's what Crowder is. He looked much better defensively in this game. He was 0 for 5. He and Javon combined to be 0 for 6. I thought both of them had very good games. Like I thought the shooting, I didn't think ruined their game at all. But I think Crowder starting here makes a ton of sense. Wouldn't rule out Javon and totally open to that too. And I think 
you know, shooting wise that I think he is the closest to what Grayson gives you as a three point shooter. But I, I just think, I don't know, you could figure out the size thing there. I think Crowder makes a lot of sense. And I think they should just lean into it and just go, yeah, good luck scoring on us at any point in any basketball game with this five starting. It's it's what I've talked about before. This is this team's identity. They're built to be just a bully team, like a bullying team. They're meant to just like be a physical team, a defense first team. And Jay Crowder lets you lean into that even more, like a versatile defensive team. And Jay Crowder is that's why you go get a guy like Jay Crowder. Like he he's uh, he was valuable for a reason. Maybe not trade request valuable, but he was he was a, a commodity for a reason because he's a versatile defender who can shoot, do other things off the balance, off the catch. Um, and you just, you, you, you can't, uh, you can't have enough guys like that. And Jay Crowder is like the prototypical like guy. He's, he's the mold that other guys try to follow in that regard. So it's, uh, it, they, they're fully leaning in. If they start Jay Crowder, they're fully leaning into them, their best selves as the Milwaukee Bucks. Also, they're freaking huge. Oh yeah. Drew is six, three, six, three or six, four. Yeah, something like that. Crowder is what six 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 seven. Yeah, but big, like big for that. Chris is six eight. Giannis is six eleven, seven foot, and Brooke is a big seven foot. Like that's like the you know you want to talk about bully ball. I mean, I just think that's such a. We've talked about how fun of a lineup that is. I love now when they go small. I think they're switching a lot more, which is great. Like I think we've talked about for years now. Like when when they switch everything with Bobby. He's honestly fine defensively. Like, you don't notice him as much at all. It's when they try to drop him or do really anything else that, you know, he just doesn't move in space that well. But if you can – and they and they do a good job scram switching. And I will say in this game, I thought that was Crowder's biggest impact was not just his individual defense. He did have a block and a steal. He's a defensive organizer. Like, he's kind of – like, in football, you have, like, the linebacker who calls everything out. I think it's, like, the red dot linebacker. It's not always the best player – but it's the one who like gets everyone in position, despite being a midseason acquisition who's played like less than twenty games. That's where Crowder's biggest impact, I think, a lot of the time has been. Like he gets guys moving, and I thought one of the best parts about their defense, especially when they did go small, is Crowder and Drew were like basically just saying like, "No, I'm going to stay on the primary guy. Like we'll we'll both go. You go back. Like somebody would help off of somebody else, like to make sure there wasn't a wide open shot. But they weren't giving the Sixers switches." And I think that is like such an important thing for the Bucks to work on and refine because having Drew and Crowder and Javon and these other defenders is great. But if they always give up the switch to Chris, to Ingles, whatever, it lessens the impact. The Bucks were saying like, no, like you're going to have to beat our good defenders or let somebody else shoot. I love that. And I think if they keep doing that, that's the kind of thing that takes that defense even up another notch. And also the fact that, they're just playing elite defense without giving up threes this year, like totally changing how they approach that. Some people have talked about it. Like I know Zach Lowe has like, it's going to be a huge deal. It is a huge deal. It's going to be a huge deal. Like their biggest weakness. They were just like, what if we didn't anymore? And what if it we turns just out it's good. That. Yeah. Yeah. What if we didn't give up really anything else at a bigger, more like a problematic rate and also didn't give up threes. And the answer is you win more games than any other team in the league, even without Chris for most of the season. What if we just took that old Jason Kidd philosophy of giving up nothing, but actually did it and did it well? <laughs> did did it without giving up the pain all the time. 
Yeah, did it without actually leaking at all, yeah, <laughs> at all yeah, places. Seriously, because it's like you, you can try to give up everything, but if you fail and actually give up everything while trying to give up nothing, you, you're just you're a bad defense. By uh, the shout way, shout out the Del- Dallas Mavericks. I, I, who are, the uh, is um is hey, I'm just watching this team like you guys. Is that the new worst kid quote ever? Yeah, just I like, mean that's got to be up there with anything he said. You guys can coach this team, I guess, because we're just we're just watching like hey, the same way. I, hey, I'm watching these guys too. It's all their fault. I mean, what a. I mean, you know, first off, I don't know. Did I? I don't know if I remember to say this earlier. It's a whole different bud than what coached the team in the first couple of years. Like it's this is not like it's so it's so far from the way we saw this team coach. I'm saying the the Bucks now versus the Bucks and Bud's first like two even two and a half years. With Milwaukee, it's entirely like everything is different. Literally everything is different. And I think he deserves a ton of credit for being a two-time coach of the year and basically realizing he had to switch it up to get the most out of this team. I mean, we're talking about a nine-man rotation with their deepest team ever, switching more, like uh, match up more. Like Javon played a little more. He should have played more still. Like I just thought it was a great, a great coaching performance for he should have gotten an upstock. Maybe we should give him one retroactively. Cause I thought he was terrific we in this should. game. Mm-hmm. Um, but the kids, every kid quote just makes me value Bud even more because people hate Bud quotes, but they hate him because like he's neither not giving info or they just don't like what he's saying about coaching. Bud has never, ever, ever, ever blamed the team or anything. Like he said, like we didn't have it tonight. Whatever, that's fair. Like he's not throwing guys under the bus, and I just think that's how you get that cohesiveness. It's just so, it's really important. It's a very important thing. So shout out to everyone, but Jason Kidd, but in particular, Mike Budenholzer. Yeah, for sure. He, he runs a class ship. It's everything is, uh, everything's, it, it's just, it's very well put together. Stable. You make stable. He writes the ship and just it's, it's night and day from him and the previous regime. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, by imagine imagine wasting a like consensus like first team All NBA guy that much. Like I, I don't even know what their path is now to getting better. If Kyrie walks, they're cooked. They just have nothing. They have like yeah. twenty million in cap space, not a max, no good players outside of Luca. Base. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Christian Wood. I think he's would probably play the same role with the Bucks now that he did huh. when he was blasting Milwaukee. Wow. Yeah. Um, they're one game out of the one game out of the play and they're uh the bad way game though. behind yeah 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 they're out of the play yeah, yeah. like they're 11th <laughs> with again like a consensus first team all nba mvp candidate I, I all the way by the way he shouldn't be i he's he's an mvp candidate in that everyone's going to put him forth but they shouldn't it's yeah, april I mean, I, and his I, team I, I is in 11th you're not an yeah. mvp candidate you can't be most valuable if there are 10 teams in the West better. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's fair. What does it mean? What does it mean? It means good stats. All right, cool. His Raptor must be off the charts. I, I just that's just dumb to me. I just what do we what do we play the game for if not to win? I don't I don't know. I guess I'll, Ask I'll Joel. It's not championships, apparently. His quote about expe- I think we talked about it on the pod. His expectations quote was like they should expect anything from me. I haven't done anything. Like, what do you, what do you, what? Maybe do something then. I just, like, do you want to be great or do you want to be judged by your peers in a better light? Like, what, who cares about any of this? Yeah. 
I love how him campaigning to get MVP is going to, like, maybe get him not MVP. I just thought that was, like, one of the worst quotes I've ever seen from a guy of that stature in the league. Of, like, people shouldn't expect – I mean, I don't know. He's probably being tongue-in-cheek or something, but – He's basically said, like, I I, haven't, I I should have no expectations to win anywhere because I haven't won MVP before. And I haven't, and it's like, yeah, maybe be better. I, I don't, what, like, what? I also if you hate, tried, if you tried being better, yeah. I, it's just like, why would you not want to win? Like, everyone acknowledges you're a great player. You've been second in MVP voting like five times, which, you know, it's not a slight against you, Joel. It just means you're not good enough. And I, I don't know where this and is. And there are other lost. guys better. That Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, this whole narrative, oh, we need to give Joel one. No, we don't. If he's the most valuable player in a season, he should get one. If he's the second most valuable player 10 years in a row, you know what that should equate? Zero MVPs. This is not a soccer trophy for fourth graders. It's the most valuable fucking player in the league. When did we become this? It's very simple. This all I go to anti, oh, we need to give Jalen Brown trophy. all NBA for the Supermax. I, I would feel bad if I didn't. The whole point is it should go to deserving players. That's why we do this media. Don't think about it at all. You don't. The It's tied to the awards. So the players who earn the awards get the money. It's not tied to the awards to throw a pity party. It's ridiculous. I think I'm rubbing off on you, the whole The people just don't get the point. Give it to the players who earn it. I just think it's very simple. We make these things complicated. We do. We re- we really do. I don't uh, feel bad for a player who finishes second and most valuable player in the best basketball league in the world. It's still a good place to be. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty darn good. Like, I don't know. And and with the new CBA, you're probably going to make first team All NBA as well. Yeah, I I think that kicks in next year. But yeah, right I mean, over, yeah, but. like. Next year, not this year, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But, but I, I just like some of these conversations just drive me crazy. Like I don't know why we do this with these, like these. Oh, but Joel's a good person. That's fine. Corey Joseph's a, a good person. Are we giving him MVP? Hey, yeah. I mean, Corey Joseph. Yeah, sure. I mean, AJ Green seems like a good guy. Let's give him MVP. Yeah, uh, the football one. Who cares? Uh, he hasn't gotten MVP <laughs> in either league. How bad do we feel for him? I just I, I don't understand why we we look past like let's pick the five most valuable guys. I think it's just easy and really the one it, is all that is, matters. But it is really easy. Like you know what? Why don't you just pick the best player in the league? How about that? Yeah, on the best Who's team, contributing to winning has won more percentage of his games than anybody else. I think that's still true after Boston. It was like seventy five percent. It was a ridiculous amount at one point. Anyway. Um, I think we talked about everyone in the rotation. I, I think the rotation is good. I, I agree with you. I'm fascinated. Like, imagine if West plays over Pat now as part of the nine man going forward. I don't know if we're going to see that at all. What maybe Grizzlies if they play? Um, I don't know. I still think I still think Pat would be ahead of West in the rotation. I'm not. I'm not saying it should be the other way. I mean, it, um, West played over Pat against Boston. And I know that's a matchup thing for wing defense, but also it's also just a thing that happened. I mean, it's it's that's surprising. True. That is true. Maybe something's going on. Hope all's, hope all's good with Pat in case I mean, anything's not. Yeah, but he's still playing, though, in the game. So I would imagine it's not. Oh, you mean just like his play overall? Yeah. Oh, yeah, gotcha. Like maybe there's like, there's yeah. like a nagging injury or something that we're not like privy to. Yeah. 
How fun! Know, I'll, 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 I want to give our guys the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I do too. I'm not. I, I think he should get a chance. No, Ty, I'm accusing games. you of being absolutely yeah, just a dickhead. Yeah, I'm number you're one. Anti, anti you're anti-player. You're anti yeah. everyone. You're anti-participation trophy. I, well, it's, it's just the it's the best league in the world. Can we just go in full Numak here? I see. Uh, well, I, uh, listen, I, you know what? What you know what? Let's give out ten of them. Let's let's be baseball. MVPs? Yeah, let's give out one per division. Congrats, Joel. Do they really do that in baseball? No. They do one per league. There's two of every oh, yeah. award. It's very stupid. I think it's dumb. Well, I knew that. Yeah, that is true. That's dumb. You're the most valuable player of half the teams. Thanks. Mm-hmm. They should get rid of that now that uh, actually both leagues follow the same rule set. They should have gotten rid of it a long time ago. Yeah, but at least like you could justify it a little and say they had different rules. Yeah. Now they don't. They also play each other a lot more. They used to play each other like... Like two games a year or whatever would be against the AL. It's very, very baseball is weird. At baseball is weird. But the tweet. pitch clock, it's the great. pitch clock is incredible. Like we it's went really to, good. we went, we went to Cubs Brewers we on Saturday. It. it was so quick. Like you look up, it's been like an hour, 15 minutes. Oh, we're in the seventh inning. Yeah. Thank and goodness. it was, it was, it, yeah, it was very, very cold <laughs> that game. And we were in Wrigley. Yeah. Uh, so outdoor. Uh, thankfully, they gave blankets, but uh, it was very cold. So it was very. It was the pitch clock saved saved our butts there. Yeah. But the pitch clock is fantastic. Shout out to baseball for doing that. It is. Could not agree more. People who are anti pitch clock must have been like, no, I don't want electricity. I have my gas lantern. Like, yeah, it's tungsten armor Doyle. Tungsten armor Doyle was against the pitch clock, and that's why <laughs> we don't talk about him <laughs> did, much did you anymore. See, did you see that one story about some guy trying to translate? And he was like, I think it, I, I, it was some some country. Uh, he was trying to translate some jokes about oh. Shohei Otani, and he was like, he asked like one of his like American colleagues, like, "Who's Tungsten Armadoyle?" <laughs> <laughs> like, that's it. he's like looking a, through Baseball Reference, like I don't see any Doyles, I don't see any Tungsten Arm. And great. so, and so, this guy had to explain the joke to him, but it was just fantastic. That I love cool. how Tungsten Armadoyle has just permeated baseball culture. Shohei's a ridiculous player, by the way. Um, yeah. Should we talk about standings? Love, yeah, oh. but the last baseball thing. You know that that meme of the Bugatti just sitting in that uh, that bad home. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Angels like people were talking about the Angels, but they photoshopped another Bugatti in there. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good meme. I hadn't seen that. Oh, the Angels. Uh, are they literally but, the Mavericks? Except one of the Bugattis, like a, I think they're like worse. an Audi, like an Audi. Yeah. Well, baseball's different though. You don't need three good players. You need like 30 good players. It's a whole thing. Not yeah, 30, but more than a lot more. Um, Should we talk seeding? Yeah, let's talk seeding. So the Bucks are two games up from Boston. Also, the win also, I believe, clinched. I know, clinched that Philly cannot be the one seed anymore. So Correct. knocked them out of this whole discussion that was technically in play. But as we talked about in the last pod, would have been very difficult for Philly to pass. That is now over. The Bucks up two in the loss column on Boston, but Boston has the tiebreaker. So the magic number is three for Milwaukee with both teams having four games left to go, which means it's still in Milwaukee's hands. And honestly, Boston could help them out more. I mean, the Bucks could go 0-4 and, and technically still be the one seed. That's unlikely, but not impossible uh, with both teams. I think they play all on the same days after this, by the way. Um, so, yep, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday is the schedule for the four games for both Milwaukee and Boston. 
So the Bucks now. Also, the Cavs won again. So I believe Philly could still drop to four, but it's pretty unlikely. It's pretty unlikely. Two and a half games between them and Cleveland after the Cavs came back against Indiana on Sunday as well. Um, what are your thoughts on one seed, updated one seed, now that they beat Philly? I think it's 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 more likely uh, now. Uh, like you mentioned, the Bucks still are in control of their own destiny. They can still lose one game and get the one seed. Uh, so Even if, if Boston three, wins out. Yes. Let's say Boston wins out. They go 4-0. Bucks go three and one. Bucks go four and zero. Oh, Bucks are the one seed, and then it's just like you just need to win one more game. Yeah. So it's like Philly goes three and one. You need to win Boston. Uh, yeah, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Boston. Philly goes doesn't matter. Yeah, you need to win four games. So or three games. So it's it's you just need to win one more than them, or the same amount as them. These these, these <laughs> rules with you need to win as many as them never work with magic number because it's a no, sliding No, I, 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 yeah. I messed it up. Ignore Jordan what I just trouble said. doing this too. Any yeah. combo of three Bucks wins and Celtics losses. So yes. the Bucks need to win three and you can minus one for every time Boston loses. That That's what matters. So this, I mean, it could be wrapped up by Wednesday. At the, that's the absolute earliest. By Wednesday, if between those four games – Three of them are either Bucks wins or Celtics losses. The one seed is Milwaukee's officially. I would not expect it to be wrapped up by then, but we'll have to, we'll just we'll watch, we'll monitor. I'm sure we'll update when if Milwaukee's seeding. I mean, obviously by the end of the season, but if before then they're seeding. I think is it could. Yeah, I think I think there's a good chance we do see it on Wednesday. Actually, if Milwaukee wins both and Boston goes one and one. Yeah, it's over. Like we're gonna turn into Philly fans. On Tuesday, Ugh. like at our watch party at Pilot Project. Yeah, I know. Because if if Philly beats Boston, not only does that help Philly stay in the three seed, uh, which by the way I'm less worried about. Give me Philly in the second round. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, like sure. Like are, yeah, are they are they are they making it? Are they beating the Knicks? Ooh, now we're talking, Ty. I don't. Know. I mean, hey, how funny would it be if they lose in the first round? Hilarious. On brand. It'd be it would be on so, brand for them. It'd be so funny. Who are they going to blame this time? They can't blame Ben Simmons. I wonder if they have to be so cowardly that they look at this and they go, well, we would game the basketball gods, but, you know, it looks like Brooklyn might stay six, and we need to see Brooklyn in the first round because we don't want to see Miami or New York. And then Mikhail Bridges goes off. That would be, dude. I, I by the way, I love that Brooklyn. They're a guy they traded up, two games up on on six. I love that Brooklyn is hanging in there. I think they're going to get pasted, to be clear. But I oh, love yeah. that for them. Really fun. No, but can you imagine Mikhail has a revenge game? Yeah. Oh, his mom works for the Sixers. This is such a nice story. He's gone. <laughs> oh wait, does he really? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, he's a Nova guy, right? Yep. So, yeah, the one seed, totally in control. Let's look around the league quick. So, the East is pretty much the same as it's been. The top six are all the same. Brooklyn hanging in there. Actually, Miami might have been up there. Miami's fallen off a bit because they're not good. It's like literally Jimmy and then Bam and then nothing. Hero scores. Uh, Atlanta, Toronto tied at 39 and 39 for the 8-9. A little bit of history at stake here. 
if Toronto ends up eight and Miami seven, the Southeast division could have no playoff teams, which I don't wow. think has ever happened. I mean, they had the division winner had to have a playoff spot until recently. So unless it's happened like the last five years, it's probably never happened. Um, if it's one, if one division is going to do it though, it's the Southeast. Division. Absolute <laughs> buns of a division. Awful. As somebody was making fun of the Central it's earlier. So it's like bad. the Central at least has two good teams. And a play-in yeah, they, team, which is whatever. Yeah, they, you have two top four top four teams in the, the conference. The Southeast is horrible. It's so, so, so bad. What is it? It's, uh, it's what is it? Miami, Atlanta, Washington, Orlando, Charlotte. Yeah. So one of the four worst bad. teams. And then Washington and Orlando are sub-play-in. And then two play-in teams. Their best team so could be bad. 500. Miami's already at 41. They probably end up ahead of that. But, um, but yeah, d- does the play-in move you at all? I just – I don't no, care, really. I think I, the Bucks are washing any of those teams. I think Toronto they might, they might the, You might get a Giannis rest game in there. Uh, that's not get carried away. Toronto is the most annoying to play, so I would prefer not them. Just because we know defensively, they're just going to gum it up. I, I'm not worried about it. I would, I would just honestly, rather see. I would welcome it. Get, uh, the, get that revenge. Get the revenge out of the system. They're not relevant enough to need revenge. The revenge is the fact that they're in the play-in and the Bucks are first in the East. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I just I don't think it holds up. I mean, but I would take it. I wouldn't be mad. Like I said, I'm not. There's people who are like, oh, the Raptors would give them a real series. It's like, no, they wouldn't. They would not. No team below four is even close. I don't care about the Knicks anymore. By the way, the Knicks lost me. They should yeah, have never it's... had. I can't believe I fell for the Knicks. Every the whole nation did. It's easy when it's the Knicks. It is, and you get wall to wall coverage. Yeah, true. Um, out west, though, one thing I'm watching for the Bucks' perspective: Memphis still three games back of Denver, two ahead of Sac. Memphis having nothing to play for by that Bucks Memphis game would be kind of nice. They might need to tune up anyway with all John missing time. I don't know when Stephen Adams will be back, but. It would be like I, I would not like if they had a chance to move up in that game, but I, I think Denver is going to keep them at bay. Um, it seems like, and three games with four to play is is kind of curtains anyway. Out west, though, the rest of the standings. I mean, this first round, this play in is going to be. Some they let the Lakers get half a game back of five. It's crazy, isn't it? Like, yeah, the Lakers the, could the, be a problem. I, I know. I don't want to feed into the whole Lakers narrative, but it's like this They're team actually good. makes they make sense. Yeah. It's it's wild what happens. I think D'Lo got hurt though, unfortunately. He's had some weird injury stuff. He's been like out and in the, the whole time. Him being a consistent good shooter for them off the like off the catch and creating for himself is very important to them. So that's unfortunate. He had such a good year doing that in Minnesota, but he was mean to go bear, so they had to trade him. Yeah. It was. Uh, I just. It, it's fun. Did you see the, the 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 Timberwolves are the largest upset I think in uh, like history because they the the Timberwolves were nineteen and a half point favorites over the Blazers and they lost. People got excited about that team. I'm like, oh, here come the Timberwolves. They're four and six in their last ten. They they had to trade for Mike Conley because he's nice to Rudy Gobert. I I don't care about that team. Ants good. I think people are a little too excited about the other McDaniels. A little bit. I think he's a good player. But I, like I mean, Jaden's better than Jalen. Yeah. People are posting, oh, Jordan and Pippen. Like, okay, let's 
can yeah, they, let's not go can, that far. Can they go 500 first? I, I don't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, at least I, they're not posting Giannis Chris memes because well, that's better, obviously. That's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Lakers potentially getting out of the play entirely is pretty crazy. I, I don't. I still don't really trust anyone there in the West. No, I trust zero teams in the Western. I think all teams one through ten could win the West. I don't disagree. Like, there's a universe where I could see, yeah, the OKC Thunder are going to the NBA. Finals. Okay, maybe I disagree. Maybe I disagree. <laughs> uh, I don't know about. They just they're not deep enough. That's their issue. They they're not. They need a couple more. Like especially a big guy who's actually good. That's they can't win. Say that Shea about most teams. I mean, uh, the Lakers are deeper. The Pelicans went healthy. I don't believe in the Timberwolves either. I'll give you one through eight. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll give you one that. through eight. I won't give you one through ten. Who's your Who's your finals pick in the West right now? I'm just gonna keep going Denver because they're they're oh. consistent and their home I'm court is ridiculous. Phoenix. That's I'm go fair. Phoenix. That's fair. I don't trust Phoenix to. They're they're so thin. Their health is like really. Really scary. I, I don't trust KD looked rusty for the first time in forever. I don't when trust he came back. K, KD. I mean, I trust KD. I, I don't trust him to stay healthy or CP3. Yeah. And they need both of them. They need both of them to stay healthy. Like I know they still have KD and Book. If CP3 isn't healthy, but there's just not enough there. I, I just their their team needs to like be built around these guys. And I don't. They're gonna have an interesting summer, but I, I don't trust them yet. Um, but I, honestly, I've even come around on Sack. It's probably more about the rest of the teams. But I'm like, maybe Sack could win the West. I don't know. I, I wouldn't pick them to clearly, but uh, they're healthy. They're young. They play super hard. They have a good home court. They're the only one that can win on the road. They're the only team in the West with an above 500 record on the road. That might matter. Yeah, they have a they have a superstar clutch performer. Yeah, it's going to win the Jerry West Award. (laughs) The Jerry West Award, which is very funny. Yeah. Um, Memphis. We we all know your anti-award style. Well, I'm fine with this because they're saying, hey, he's the best player in the clutch. Let's give him the clutch award. I think it's a dumb award, but sure, that's how awards should work. Uh, That's I'm fine with this. This if they were like, oh, well, you know, we're really sad. We haven't given Russ any awards in a couple of years. So we're going to like I'm fine with it. They say De'Aaron Fox, best clutch player. Clutch award. Boom. Signed, sealed, give, delivered. Uh, give Damian Lillard a legacy Jerry West award. <sighs> I think Jerry West was at least losing in the finals. Dame is, well, we've all agreed we have wrong. to be nice to Nate Dame because he likes Portland. I think it's fine. I, you know. No, we have to be nice to Dame because he wants to come to Milwaukee. That, that would be a different story then. Yeah. Uh, we're just planting the seeds. Time. I'm fine if he stays there. I have no issue, to be clear. I'm not anti-loyal player, but also... We're very pro-loyal player here. Yeah, Giannis had a nice loyal quote. People got... Yeah, I think he was just giving fans something after the Celtics game, but he was like, I'll be here as long as they want me, which like, that's great. I, I hope so. Um, I hope so too. But, you know, win something then. <laughs> Maybe the Jerry West award. Someday, yeah. He could be a Jerry West, you know, if they ever, you know be bold and trade their picks which they never do they trade one first at a time and it's like yeah maybe that's not enough maybe robert covington isn't tipping the scales who can say I jeremy forgot they traded a first for robert Covington. they get one wing per like every two years and it's never enough and they can never keep them for more than two years mm-hmm. yes yeah, jeremy grant gone this offseason no they're gonna pay him i think really you're weird. gonna lock into jeremy grant well i think if you lock in jeremy and you can trade like 
Nurkic's salary, Shaden Sharp, and a very good lottery pick because they stink and get a good player. If you can make Jeremy Grant your third best guy, I think they could be pretty good. Yeah, but it's just like who's going to be the second best guy? Maybe maybe Joel Embiid after this postseason run. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. Get him out of Boston. I'm good with it. I, I, <laughs> he clearly wants out. I'm just go west, Jalen. Go west, yep. please. Yep, Jalen, Joel, if you want to go west, that's fine yeah, with head me. Head west, please. I, 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 I miss will, the I will east being the baby conference. The I need the east to be the baby conference again. I want a Giannis-LeBron run here where he can just walk to the finals. We have not had that. I would enjoy that. I would enjoy that a lot, actually. So, yeah. Let's, Portland, gear up. Man, yeah. Who else wants to gear up? Sacramento, you want to gear up? Dallas gets some guys. Yeah, Dallas. Get some, get some guys. OKC can cash in some of their chips. Memphis, Memphis has a lot of picks. Memphis, go get Jalen Brown. Go ahead. Yeah. And then, yeah. Oh, my God. Can you imagine OKC and Bede? Like a front court of Chet and Embiid? That'd be ridiculous. I mean, I think Chet's coming off the bench for that team, but. You do? Oh, I, I, I got to see him play. I don't know. I think Chet. I mean, like a fully realized Chet. Oh, I think yeah. Like a four or five combo of him and Embiid. Yeah. Was Shea at running point? Oh my goodness! Yeah, J Dub, Isaiah Joe sniping, Lou Dort locking down. They got a fun team. They do. They could win the West. No, no. I'm throwing cold <laughs> water two, on that. The, the two two of the guys I just mentioned are not like active members of the, yeah, of that's the Thunder. The one of them's in Philly. One of them's yeah. In if, if they had prime Joel Embiid right now, then yes, I would agree with you. They do not. Um, they have Jre and Paku and these other guys who. Probably should not be logging minutes. The other, the other Jalen Williams, who's also a big guy there, and also not very good. He's okay. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. He's just not as yeah. good as he's a other rookie, Jalen Williams. But yeah, yeah. okay. Um, do we have anything else, Ty? I don't think so. Come to the watch party. Um, yes, Tuesday, April fourth. Listen on Repod, the number yes. one podcasting platform in our hearts, mm-hmm. and in my opinion. I don't want to get Ooh. legally in trouble, but I think Repod's the best. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Repod is a great platform. Yeah. You can connect with all of us, have some chats, have some fun times. Make sure you check us out on Repod. Those links are at gspn.info, where you can find links to all of our podcasts here on GSPN, as well as our Substack, our merch store, uh, whatever you need, playback link. Uh, everything is there. Discord link. I'm just remembering things as I go um everything just basically everything stocks. you could ever ask for stocks yes are all at gspn.info everything is at gspn.info uh make sure you check that out make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening to this podcast platform of choice or watching on youtube make sure you leave a like on youtube or a five-star rating on your podcast platform of choice pod random and we will talk to you next time everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in if you are a woman over 35 magnesium will help you rediscover balance energy and vitality magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body including those involved in hormonal balance from functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code balance10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.